0: All right guys, welcome to another episode for this episode. I have a guest, Joshua Cropper from HBR Working Dogs. Uh, we're going to have a conversation about a bunch of different topics, particularly balanced training, um, and kind of the trend that this is going uh, towards and how how the uh, you know how there's this uh, unspoken war, so to speak, between purely positive and balanced training so I'm very excited about this. Joshua, thank you for joining us, and uh, welcome to the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So tell tell the audience a little bit about yourself, a little bit of a background, and what you do, where you're located, what your business model
1: is. So the quick history is I started in Texas by starting an animal rescue and quickly realized that... Uh, hoarding animals of lots of different species was not a good idea right right um so huskies and chickens and pit bulls and donkeys and puppies and cats didn't all get along at noah's ark and so um i quickly started to learn how to train and that progressed into hunting dogs when i came back to alaska and then i had a um a marine corps veteran that I lost the battle to PTSD, so I started doing service dogs um, in 2012, and it's quickly progressed to where we're at today, which is whatever somebody needs, I can try to. And you're based out. out of
0: Alaska, right? I am. Nice man, awesome. Well, good deal. And uh, I know I've been following you on social media for some time now. Thanks, and one you. thing that I like about your your uh, your your uh, your social media is you 're very frank you 're very uh you know very honest, very to the point, and very unapologetic uh, which i'm sure has you know has gotten you some hate um, i'm i'm very similar to that too, and I know I get a bunch of people that sometimes hate on that, so I particularly appreciate it you know i, I like the um, I like the honesty um, you know and You just you don't hold back. You know, if you put political stuff on there, you put political stuff on there. If you put very strong opinions about something that you feel, you just put it on there. And, uh, you know, and this is stuff that (laughs) that not not many people would do. But you go ahead and do it. Uh, Has that gotten you into like, um, you know, has has that gotten you many haters? Or uh, have you gotten some messages from people telling you, hey, you shouldn't do that type of thing?
1: Um, of course, there's always been opposition. I, I've definitely, in my opinion, toned it down over yeah. the years. Um, but uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't think that we need to have a bunch of enemies. Um, at the same time, I I do, I do have an opinions and I do have viewpoints, and I'm not afraid. You to have share a them. platform. I mean, that's um, what it's for. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I've tried to tone it back on the political stuff because. You know, I'm very conservative yep. and I have amazing liberal yep. clients, exactly. um, but at the same time, I don't think that we should always be afraid to voice our opinion. Like Larry Crone, for example, mm-hmm. like, you know, he's got a pretty big following. Oh and yeah. He's not afraid. He's not afraid to drop his political leanings, you know? I yeah. Mean, I don't think we should, I don't think that's our job as tra- dog trainers to promote politics, but Sometimes we have an opinion and we shouldn't be afraid to voice yeah, it. Yeah, I mean and speaking of Larry Crown,
0: too, he he's got the same uh you know, he's kind of got the same attitude. He's very unapologetic. You know, like if he has strong yeah. opinions, he'll just say it. Um and uh For sure. and I think there is something good about that. I I appreciate it. You know, I myself I'm a fan of it. I mean, if I see something that somebody posts that I don't like, I just ignore it. I just keep scrolling. I don't get, I don't get you know, all timed up about, about that. But some people obviously don't have the ability to do that. Now,
1: well, something that I've realized over the years is a lot of times when, when I say something that's offensive, a lot of times it's my issue because I didn't portray my opinion very well. And it was just taken the wrong way, and that's hard. That is one of the bad things about social media, is there's not a lot of context. Mm-hmm. If you post a meme, it could be funny, but somebody else takes it as, as a personal yeah. bash. You know, yeah. um, so social media can be tricky in that area. Um, and I think really successful trainers just really limit mm-hmm. what they say because they don't yeah. want to offend no. financially. Yeah. successful.
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely see what you mean. All right, so now the last thing that you and I were talking about before we decided to jump on this call was, uh, you know, a little bit on the, uh, you know, on the balance training and and purely positive. Now, um, to a lot of people that, you know, that, that are in the dog training industry, whether they're new or they're, you know, they've been in it for a long time, people are aware that, uh, that there are kind of different approaches to training dogs and, and, you know, I don't just mean like different ways to do it, but some fundamentally different beliefs in how things should be done. And uh, you know, one of them is you know the 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 very commonly uh, referred to approach, which is what a lot of us will call purely positive. Uh, and then like everybody else, you know, goes, "Well, I'm not purely positive. I'm just balanced." And I feel like – and I, you probably feel the same way. I feel like the term balance is just too liberally applied. Like I, I, I've known people that call themselves balanced, but like there
1: isn't a whole lot of balance to what they do. Yeah, that's exactly true. You know, what was the term that preceded balanced doctrine? Exactly, right? I mean it, – it, it was traditional, there you go. right? We had traditional – and nobody says they're traditional anymore, but a lot of people are extremely mm-hmm. traditional. I mean, there's still trainers out there hard, and we have, as far as I know, the same views on this. There's still people that are hard-line keeler trainers. Yes.
0: Hardline. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like, where, where they will not move past the chain because they think that that is bastardizing the dog training industry. Yeah. Like, th- that boggles my mind to think, I mean, all you have to do is crack the book and look at the illustrations. Yeah. And if you know anything about dogs, you're like, holy yeah. cow, these are drawings. And they were, you know, every single stress sign, every sort of avoidance from the eye gaze to yeah. the, every dog has their mouth open, panting from stress. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's no reason to be stuck in the mud. And, you know, and for it's I think for its time,
0: it was it, it was, was great. You know, what you did, you know, like just when, when we look at the way children were raised. It was even different back mm-hmm. then, you know, like it, it, like spankings were, were normal. Um, the helmets
1: were non you know, it's just kind
0: of how it was. I mean, so if, if they were allowed to not allow, but if it was acceptable to spank your child in public, why would, why would it be any different to train your dog differently? Do you know what I mean? So it makes right. sense how uh, for its time, that, you know, was definitely the appropriate thing. To, and, you know, Keeler wasn't the only one who did this. You know, it just seems like Keeler gets a, a bad reputation uh, just because he's well-known. But there were all their trainers. Well, it was Woodhouse. Yeah, exactly.
1: It was Woodhouse. It was Ian Dunbar. I mean, talking about dominance and scruffing. And I, it was the gold yeah, standard. It, like, it was the gold standard. Gary Wilkes and Karen Pryor and Ian Dunbar, none of them were like they are pictured today. Like they were just regular Yank and them into a sit, AK A K C style training. Yeah. That Keeler was the gold standard. It was yeah. just if you look at the uh gun dog, water dog, what's that guy's name? Not um, sure. Anyway, real popular book series from uh the hunting world. Um it's same stuff. You know, really good information, but really outdated at the same yeah. time, you know, from, from teaching a dog how to potty outside by doing a trail of uh, newspaper towards the mm-hmm. door and then eventually teaching them. I mean, we don't mm-hmm. do that anymore. We pick them up, we take them outside, we set them down, they go to the bathroom, we say yes, move, reward, and it's so much easier. But back then, they just didn't know as much as yeah. we do. And in the future, we're going to scoff and laugh at what we do mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. hopefully.
0: But uh, yeah, I mean, and and going back to the whole you know balance thing, I've seen people that call themselves balanced that are, or I'm like, what what are you using for positive reinforcement? And I've had people tell me, oh, you know, we we pet the dog, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's nice, but but not every dog responds to that, right? Like it, it you would call right. it positive reinforcement if it increases the rate of the behavior that that's the petting is the petting going to increase the rate of that behavior probably not right it would be exactly
1: and it's more likely to distract the dog from their current behavior than it is to increase the frequency of the behavior. and that's what it's all about you know like the the whole thing with the Mm -hmm.
0: quadrants people don't real my biggest hang-up with the quadrants is i mean i understand it is important for for people to know in my opinion but uh, when people don't know it, uh, people just become too emotional about the quadrants when they're like, oh, positive reinforcement is it's positive. So it's good. So that's why we pet the dog. No, it's, it's mathematical. That's really all it is. That's what yeah. it boils down to. It's just math.
1: It's, it's literally right. science. Exactly. It's literally adding and yeah. subtracting. Yeah. It's basic arithmetic. Yeah. It's counting to 10. Yeah. I mean, it's super, super basic. Yeah but people overcomplicate exactly. it. And then, and then, and the average dog trainer doesn't no, understand it. The totally average don't. dog trainer does not understand either what negative reinforcement is or more specifically how to apply it on a realistic daily exactly. basis. And, and that's when, uh, you
0: know, things become emotional and then people go, well, you know, like I, I know the hangup that I have to with, uh, you know, with, uh, the purely positive trainers where they're like, Oh, uh, you know, um, you know, just all positive. We don't use negative reinforcement. And some of these things that I say, I don't make up. I'm, I've actually talked to people. Like, I've engaged in conversations with people that have gone, no, you don't use... I don't use negative reinforcement. And I'm like, so what's that gentle leader? What does that do? If you understand what the gentle leader yeah. does, you wouldn't say that you don't use negative reinforcement.
1: You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I mean... mean I think it's pretty indicative that the word force is in reinforcement. <laughs> like, I mean, let, let, let's be realistic. I'm forcing you to do a behavior. If you want the outcome that I have to right. offer, like I'm not physically forcing you, but I'm withholding reinforcement until I have yeah. a target behavior. that's exactly. expressed, Either on cue and command or through mm-hmm. capturing. Either when it naturally occurs, like when a dog pees and I say, yes. And I'm moving pay. Like, I'm still requiring that you do some sort of a target behavior before I deliver.
0: Exactly. So, uh,
1: or ball or tug.
0: Yeah, exactly. If it increases the rate of the behavior uh, or if it decreases the rate of the behavior. But, you know, obviously people get emotional about it. They think positive means good, negative means bad. Um, And now tell me a little bit about what we were talking about earlier, where, uh, you know, what your views are on this whole. Uh, you know, quote unquote war between these two sides. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I don't think that there is a war and I don't think that it's productive for quote unquote balanced trainers to talk about purely positive or force-free trainers Mm -hmm. because they don't exist. They're like leprechauns. Mm -hmm. Like we can pretend they exist, but in the day-to-day world, I've never seen a leprechaun. So why am I going to focus mm-hmm. on that? Force-free trainers use halties. They use yeah. harnesses. They use leashes. They use sterile environments. They use X-pens. They use all kinds of tools that may or not, may not be on somebody's resume, somebody's repertoire of their go-to mm-hmm. approaches. But there's no such thing as force-free. We're forcing them if they want the reward or we're just providing mm-hmm. it like we we don't really have two other um, too many more options than either requiring something for the delivery of a reward, otherwise known as reinforcement or using tools that, you know, many balance trainers think mm-hmm. are aversive halties, those transitional niches. I think that is just the poster child tool for, I don't know what mm-hmm. I'm doing, but there's other people that swear by him and love him. So you know, my opinion doesn't dictate what's right or wrong.
0: So you're saying uh, trainers, whether they're, uh, so let's say, let's call them, you know, quote unquote, uh, balanced trainers, uh, you, you're, you're saying is, what you're saying is, don't worry about what they're doing, focus on you. Like, you need to expand. I
1: think, I think we should, yeah, I think we should take it the next step and applaud these trainers that are against e-callers. Because what does that do? That breaks down the animosity between the Mm -hmm. two camps. And if somebody doesn't have the skill sets, I've been in the IACP. I was a member for many years of the IACP. And what I saw there is mind-boggling. People that can't use an e-caller in a negative reinforcement manner, they can only conceptualize it as positive Mm -hmm. punishment. Or they can't even figure out how to use an e-caller after 10 years of being in the leadership of IACP, you know, the um, ambassador mm-hmm. members. So it's really a crying shame that we attack these people and vilify them when they're not the ones that are getting tools banned, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's us, it's us. When we are posting videos of dogs being quote unquote fried yeah. and high stim, yeah. you know, we all know yeah. the trainers that are high stim for everything. Um, When we post those videos, when those videos get leaked, when we have the Malinois that I'm sure you saw it with um, the Malinois that was being beaten like a horse, um, when those videos get leaked, that's what PETA grabs a hold of. That's what these these animal rights activist groups will use to show that the general public does not Mm -hmm. need and should not have these tools that can be very invasive.
0: No, I agree. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, that's you know, that's the thing. Like I I'm on board. I'm I'm hundred percent on board with that. I, I do know that the the videos that have gotten the most attention, you know, on on really the whole industry, the ones that, that make you go, oh my god, why is he de- why are they doing that? Like look at that dog. They're never from the you know, purely positive trainers. That's that's no, from the but the ones that you were taught the ones that, that make the headlines the mm-hmm. ones that that go viral the ones that end up on the newspaper literally on the newspaper yep. the ones that have the uh, the the new international yeah the uproar. ones that have the news stations showing up to the guy's business I'm sure you know who you're talking about
1: yep. right I exactly. know exactly
0: who you're talking like about <laughs> the though,
1: international Scotland yeah after exactly. Him. England came after him. This is international. Ireland came after him. Like it's scary how much one toxic trainer that goes out of his way. Well, we're switching trainers, but you know, one and the same goes after his way to attack the best trainers in the industry. And yet the people that are following them are the Kruger Dunning effect folks. Mm -hmm. They don't even have enough knowledge to know what to believe and what to think. And they're just clinging on to these fast results methods. well, Fast results create fabulous failures, mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. fabulous mm-hmm. failures, because it's not a race; it's a process.
0: Exactly. No, I agree. Um, but yeah, and so like the 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 stories that make the headlines are these people, and and then that's right. how now that's how they get ammo. That's how they get ammunition to uh you know to to push. Legislature that obviously none of us really are uh, you know that at least many of us are not happy with that at least many of us are not all uh, uh, in favor of um, but
1: right the, the problem with legislation is it's never going to be highly effective mm-hmm. it's not going to say pit, you know we have a huge pit bull problem in this country they're, they're the seams are busting at the shelters mm-hmm. nobody's no legislation that are going to say all right, let's test your ability and your knowledge. You're a great pit bull owner. It's, car- it, it's one or the other, legal or banned, right? And it's the same thing with tools. N- you know, They don't say, oh man, let's have you take a test and get you know examined by a board certified organization and you're great to use an e-caller. You're fair, you're effective. It's not how it works. It's all or yeah. nothing. And we feed, we feed this information. You know, the plastic bat training videos, the, um, yeah. the you know, the, yeah. I mean, that Malinois, that Malinois, I mean, we got a trainer being sued for defamation. Well, I think he does deserve being sued for defamation, but not by the person that he's being sued by. Like she, she was literally like doing the most atrocious Caesar Milan style training on a Malinois that later was killed because the training didn't work. That's the stuff that fuels e-collar bans. Mm-hmm or even just the perception of how bad or good e-callers can be is promoted by good and bad trainers. Yeah. I mean, I don't agree with everything that Larry Crone says, which is Mm -hmm. obvious. Like nobody's going to agree with everything, man. I think that guy has really done some amazing job on showing the general population, the benefit of this Mm -hmm. tool without it being, High stem, high stem, high stem,
0: hi yeah. stem. No, so, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one too. Uh, I mean, I, I'm kind of on the same boat. I'm not like a huge, huge like, oh my God, I love Larry Crone, he's awesome. Um, but I do certainly recognize that that he does, he is a good face for for what we do. You know, he is definitely one of the good faces for one of the good representations. Which which I'm very grateful for that he's becoming increasingly more popular. Like uh, you know some, some sure, of the other because
1: people he is helping out exactly. The industry. You know
0: some of the other people that that uh, that were the face of e college training were the people we we're just talking about the people that that are you know in the news the people that are in the newspapers they should not be the face of e college training. But I'm very glad that Larry is just increasing in popularity. Because he does a much does have a much more sensible approach to the tool, uh, which I think you know the 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 new dog trainer just needs to know, and that's the thing. I, I think one thing that I have noticed is, I mean, the dog training industry is just kind of blowing up. Like we're getting dog trainers everywhere now. Uh, now everybody's yeah. a dog trainer now, you know, and. uh, And it's just becoming too, uh, too, too sexy of an industry where if you got a dog and like you did a couple of things with your dog, now you're a dog trainer, which, you know, you can do that. That's fine. But, uh, but then you need to know that that you need to learn more, that there is more to learn, that there's more education to get. And you shouldn't just get it from one guy. You shouldn't just get it from one person, from one YouTube channel There needs to be Uh, some, you know, some research, some investigation. Uh, And like you said, you need to embrace the purely positive side of things. You know, I went to a, um, I went to a, to a, to an APDT conference. I know that's, you know, that's an organization that a lot of balanced trainers are like, oh, you know, you shouldn't go to that one. You should go to Like, But when I went to that conference, to the APDT conference, I, I learned a lot. (laughs) <laughs> I went there, and I was so glad I went. I mean, uh, I got to listen to um, people in the scientific community, not dog trainers. I went to listen to people, you know, uh, ethologists. There were uh, psychologists there that were talking about research and studies and and uh, and and, uh, and, and uh, research on on animal behavior. Just a uh, great information to get from uh, from what we would call purely positive trainers.
1: For sure. Yeah. And there's, there's so much knowledge, uh, on that side of the, the behavioral side. There's two books that I think every aspiring dog trainer, young dog trainer, and almost every dog owner, uh, should, well, let me rephrase that. There's two books that I highly, highly Mm -hmm. recommend. One of which I think every dog owner should read. And that is the other end of the leash by what patricia mcconnell i think uh dr patricia Mm -hmm. mcconnell if you read that book and you heed her dog training advice in that book it's some of the most atrocious dog training advice that anybody could lay out in black and white print okay but the content of the book outside of her dog training Uh advice is so valuable that i think it should be a required reading material before you get a dog Because it talks about not putting your face in a dog's face. It talks about the difference between canine predator behavior and primate behavior. It talks about why we're so drawn as humans to the kissing and the mm-hmm. hugging. It, it gives the scientific origin of the behavior of the species. And it really ties it together that, yeah, it's not about what we want. Yeah. We have to also understand how to help them succeed. And if we're kissing and hugging, there's a reason that kids are getting bit in the face mm-hmm. all the time. There's a reason that 70 something percent, you know, yep. some, some studies say 77 percent of, of all dog yep. bite victims yep. are kids that are familiar to mm-hmm. the dog. You know, I mean, all you have to do is look at the dodo. Oh, yeah. And you yeah. see kids climbing on dogs, hugging them. They're best friends. They love each other. It's one second away from a potential fatal yes. bite. Yes. And it's really crying. I mean, not even, you don't even have to go that far. Look at your, uh, look at your Facebook, uh,
0: friends. There's a, there's, there's a good chance that some of your Facebook friends have kids and have dogs and you'll just see what, you know, what a lot of people find not only acceptable, but encourageable to do with children and, and, uh, and their dogs. You know, my wife had a, had this friend a long time ago, long, long time ago. And, um, They had a dog that they adopted and they had a young child, no boundaries whatsoever with, uh, you know, with the child and the, and the dog. Um, You know, lots of cute pictures that everybody just like, Oh, that's adorable. My wife, of course, she's like freaking out. So she, she sent her a message um, or she commented or something. Of course, my wife was the bad person on this one, right? Like everybody was like, Oh, what are you talking about No, Well, She's the exactly. Debbie Downer.
1: She's the antagonist. She's the one that can't see a cute picture. She's the one that is emotionally deprived exactly. of human emotions and, and, and like it's well, ridiculous. Guess what? Guess what? How she was, the, the kid, kid got bit. bit. I already know the well, end of the story. So there's a
0: sequel to that. So they they, uh, they they got rid of the dog, and then they got another dog, and oh, now course. the same thing happened eventually with the second dog because there was no boundaries. And this second dog got put down. So I just told oh, my, I'm like, I'm like, babe, don't even bother. They they don't want to listen. You've tried, you just don't even bother. And you can't, you can't help somebody that doesn't exactly. Want so uh, you just can't. But this is what happens when uh, when pet people who don't have the education do this. But I, agree, I mean, I agree with you that pet owners should be uh, should should be more educated. You know, uh, but it's just so just it's just so part of the culture the you know the culture is just hey you have a have a house have your kids and have a dog you got to have a dog and of course if you have your yeah. kids and you have a dog hey they got to be best friends and that's a ticking right. time bomb for a lot of people
1: right i see it i mean i saw a post on facebook today and you know it was talking about a american bulldog or something that killed an infant and reading the comments was like, if a dog ever bites a child, they should be, you know, they should be killed immediately. They should be taken in the backyard and shot. They should get the pink juice. They, without ever looking at the, at the, where the responsibility mm-hmm. should lie, which is the parents. Exactly. Like, I mean, dog trainers are always preaching about crate the dog, crate the dog. Well, guess what parents, you should crate your child too. Seriously. Put them in the crib, put them in the crib Don't let your dog even have access to Mm -hmm. them. Teach the dog to stay out of their room. There's no reason to gamble with a child's face or life. And when I mess up, I don't blame the dog. I kick myself. I'm like, how could I be so stupid? And it's happened. It's happened. So, you know, it's really important that the responsibility falls on that we address the cause of the problem rather than just the symptom. Yeah. So the symptom is the face bite. Well, what led to that? Why did you get such a high drive dog and a house and a kid at the same time? Why did you get two dogs while you're pregnant? Why did you choose that breed or that style of dog? Like you're not a runner, but you thought a Husky in Texas was a great choice. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't, right. I don't see, I don't follow that logic. I live in Alaska and I don't recommend Huskies right. as pets for the average yeah. person.
0: I mean, and and like another one, too, that people are obsessed with. I mean, I've gotten questions like this from friends, uh, you know, from uh, from uh, even some fellow dog trainers that that uh, I've gotten this question. Hey, uh, so I got this client or a person will tell me, hey, you know, uh, so I got this dog and uh, and we're going to have kids soon. And the question that I get asked sometimes is, how do we do the introduction? And I'm like, why? What, why why like why do you want to do the introduction just keep the child away from the dog <laughs> right and and they're like wait what be responsible what, what do you mean i'm like yeah what why why do you what do you get out of the child this newborn and this animal animal okay this animal being in the same bed what do you get out of that why why are yeah, people I a... so uh just uh obsessed with with uh you know doing an introduction with like a baby and a dog just be responsible you know
1: yeah we we could talk about that uh but it's kind of a topic on its own but i got a a picture a few years ago from a client they posted the picture and tagged Mm -hmm. me and praised my business with a picture of a newborn baby (laughs) and the face of a english mastiff right next to Mm -hmm. it And if anybody knew the backstory of the Mm
0: -hmm. dog,
1: they would have said, are you out of your mind? Mm -hmm. And she's posting this saying, Josh Cropper is such an amazing trainer. If it wasn't for HPR working dogs. And I'm like, oh man, can you please delete that post? (laughs) Because I would have never signed off on that. I would have never said that that was good, appropriate. Yeah ethical, responsible, nothing. Yeah. And I'm just hanging my head and, and what do I do? Do I tell her delete it? I, I mean, that's kind of Nazi-ish. You know, like wh- who am I to do that? Right. You know, like I wish you would have reached out and said, how do we introduce them? And I would have said, "Yeah, right, right." But, you know, the average person wants to introduce yeah. them. They, you know, they, they stick their hand in a dog's face so the dog can smell them. I'm like, what are <laughs> you doing? Why are you – well, so they can smell me. I'm like, have you ever heard of a bomb dog? Like, they don't run right up to the bomb and start dancing around. Like, have you have you seen a pointer point birds? Like, you don't want them up on the bird, you yeah. know, and that's a flusher. Yeah, right. You know, I'm like, have you – like, you don't have the dog stick their head in the bag of cocaine and take a big right. fist. Like, the last thing we need is cocaine-addicted laws <laughs> Like regular melanoles are bad (laughs) enough. Yeah, right. So like people don't understand that there's a there's not a right and a wrong way. There's a more productive and a less productive Mm -hmm. way. The less productive way is social socialization through interaction. Mm -hmm. And that is the same when it comes to puppies at dog parks, at the pet store, at the daycare if you're having them interact you cannot control the variables you cannot predict the outcome and you might suffer the consequences mm-hmm. a dog that then gets attacked then is terrified then you know is scared and then is submissive and then has all these different expressions where if you just kept them engaged on you and you exposed them to all these different variables of life and they were happy and motivated and and they weren't overly focused on the quote-unquote stimulus mm-hmm. We'd have much better success. Yeah. Interaction through exposure, not yeah. interaction. The one so, or socialization through exposure, yeah, no, not interaction. I agree with
0: that too. Uh, the one thing that I've gotten to, to sometimes when I when I, when I have these answers to like different different questions, kind of that have the similar context of how do I do this, uh, and I go well, you don't, or you have to make sure you manage it, and make sure that you understand that you have an animal. The one thing that sometimes that I've gotten a handful of times, you know, different different times, is so what what you're saying that I can't trust my dog, and I'm like, is it well, it's an animal, like, and here's the here's how I here's how I um, justify this, you know, I can't tell you that that I trust every human being out there, like my closest relative could backstab me, right? My closest friend. betray me so if if I don't have one thousand percent trust in another human being why would I hold an animal to a standard higher than that and so like one one thing that I tell people is you don't it's an animal you cannot think for the animal it's going to make a choice It, it you know it's not rationalizing the way you do it's just, you know, it's, it's making decisions moment by moment. So why, why would you think that, uh, you know, that, that you can get this dog to a, to a point where you can 1 million percent trust every decision it's ever going to make? You cannot make that guarantee because at the end of the day, you have an animal, right?
1: Not only can you not guarantee that you can trust every decision the dog's gonna make, we can guarantee that you cannot trust exactly. their decision-making ability. Exactly. Like when people say the stupid dog, because it doesn't get out of the way of the truck, mm-hmm. h- how many times do you think that dog has been hit by a truck? Right. Like how, how do you think that they can ever conceptualize the concept of two broken back legs? They can't. Mm-hmm. So you honk in the horn and expecting it to magically work, it doesn't even work for young children, mm-hmm. much less dogs. Mm-hmm. But I don't have kids. Yeah, And it terrifies me to think that people not only trust their dogs with kids and vice versa, but without even thinking, churches have issues when it comes to child abuse. The Boy Scouts have issues when it comes to child abuse. Yeah. School districts have issues when it comes to child abuse. Like, it's in the news every single mm-hmm. day. Like, it's not... It's not, oh, my gosh, where did this come? It's human nature. Yeah. And dogs don't have the same reasonab- reasoning ability as a human.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, no, no animal does.
0: Exactly. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, I've enjoyed this conversation for sure. Um, so you mentioned that one book. What other books do you recommend for the average pet owner or the average dog trainer?
1: So the other book that I highly recommend for every dog trainer that I think should be mandatory reading material is who moved my cheese and it has nothing to do Mm -hmm. with dogs. Absolutely nothing to do with dogs. It's a business self-help type of a book that was written years ago. Super short read the letters in it. look It's written like a kid's Mm -hmm. book. It's like a hundred pages, but it's short, small, huge print and golden material. In. The premise is don't get stuck in the mud. It's a narrative of these mice and there's two different groups of mice. And one of them are so worried about storing their, their cache of cheese that they ended up basically going extinct. These are the Keeler trainers, mm-hmm. right? They're, they're so worried about people, using e-collars rather than choke chains. Mm-hmm. They're so worried about prong collars versus choke chains. Like, come on, mm-hmm. who moved my cheese? Let, let's evolve, let, let, let's keep up with the time. It's good to know. Nothing stays the same. Nice. Now any- Yeah, it's any, super important. Any book. final thoughts? Yeah, my, my big takeaway is don't vilify the other people. Let's find common ground. Let's praise them for not using tools that they're not knowledgeable on, that they're not ready to use. I've been there. I'm glad I didn't start out as a knee collar trainer, but I still am not proud on where I did begin. Mm -hmm. It was heavy handed. It was old school. It was standard 1980s dog training type mentality. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that we just don't get stagnant. If we look at Bart Ballone, the reason he's still talked about today is because he's Mm -hmm. evolved over time. When we look at Michael Ellis, the reason he is so profound is because he was one of the first pioneers that stepped from the compulsion to the treat side and back and was able to build huge bridges between the two camps. Greatly influential dog trainer. If we look at the canine paradigm Mm -hmm. guys, same thing. Like, I I think they're pretty new Mm -hmm. in the popular sector of dog training but they have done some great work by focusing people to behavioralism versus just being divisive, just being archaic, mm-hmm. just being prideful. Um, I mean, I tip my hat to those guys. I think they've done great things in the industry. The, you know, if, if I was to name drop a few different resources yeah, go ahead. Uh, that I think are really yeah. important for the, the average dog trainer to really look into it's going to be, hands down, dog training is my oh, passion. Oh, thank you, man.
0: <laughs> it's going I <to, laughs> appreciate it. I, I'm
1: serious. It's going to be Michael Ellis. It's going to be Bart Ballone. It's going to be, in no particular order, it's going to be Canine Paradigm, and it's going to be Larry Crone. Mm-hmm. None, of, none of those resources are mind-boggling. They're just really, really relevant to the times that we have right now. So, building bridges between the camps and not focusing on fanatics. Victoria Stilwell Mm -hmm. is a fanatic. She really is. She's not a positive only trainer. You know, when she talked at the APDT conference, Mm -hmm. she said, if you use a punishment, it should be severe enough that you only have to use one. Well, that's a fanatical Mm -hmm. approach. Yeah. And that's her own words at a very purely, or a very reward based style, of training conference and we don't have to choose between a sledgehammer Mm -hmm. or no hammer. There's a lot of different types of hammers in between. We don't have to go black or white, A or Z. We can just progress as fast as our abilities and our knowledge base allows us to and always be willing to be open-minded and try new things. I'm the biggest food trainer there is, but I hate treat trainers. I hate them, Mm -hmm. hate treat trainers. Because all they do is sit there and bribe dogs, bribe dogs, Mm -hmm. bribe dogs. You know what, you don't have to do that. You can use their actual food to create motivation. We don't have to string dogs up because they're super aggressive. If they won't take food from you, why are you pushing them into the corner? Mm -hmm. Why are you you so proud of your scars on your arms? Because you pushed a dog to the point of failure. I've been bitten, it's not a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. It's an embarrassment every time I get bitten but it's also a huge learning lesson. And luckily, I don't get bit nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure I will at some point in the future, but it's been years. And I've only been seriously bitten or what I would consider a good bite three times in my career. Every single time I'm like, "Wow." Yeah. Did you really just mm-hmm. do that? You <laughs> like Yeah. You you really let your pride overwhelm your current yeah. ability? Well, we don't ha- we don't have to take these plastic pipes and beat dogs for being <laughs> highly reactive. If they won't take food, put them on a, put them on a sled with weight behind right, them. Right. Let them drag it around, let them burn some calories. Oh my gosh, now they're actually receptive to taking food eight feet from you? Cool, let's see if we can do that at four feet. Two feet, one foot, by hand, heel position. Wow, look at this dog. You don't have to make miracles happen in one day, Is just for your quick little videos. Mm-hmm. It's it's counterproductive.
0: Well, awesome, man. Uh, I really appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Uh, Everybody that tuned in, uh, I'm sure you guys enjoyed this episode. I look forward to having more conversations with Josh again. Uh, See you guys in the next episode. And Josh, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you in a little bit, okay? No problem.